We often hear holly meaning white person in a negative connotation, but is a perfectly good word. It means foreign introduced of foreign origin or foreign introduction. So in Hawaiian, anyone or anything that is not native to Hawaii is haole. I'm Leilani Poli Ahu, Ahui Ho. Haole. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Blue Hawaii Podcast. We are very pleased to have us, excuse me, to have with us on the telephone right now, Kaimuki's finest, re- hoping to represent beautiful District 20, of which your proud co-hosts are both uh, happy residents, proud residents. Polo Valley. Polo Valley. Um, we are excited to talk to a bold first-time candidate for public office, Ms. Becky Gardner, who is going to join <laughs> us and talk about her awesome vision for bringing real change to Hawaii State House and representing 96816 a heck of a lot better than what we've been seeing right now. Mm. So with uh, all that said, uh, Becky, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Good. I am so happy to be here. I feel like I've I've made it. Becky, I need to <laughs> immediately interrupt podcast. you. Uh, we are going to refer to you as Becky with the good plans. Is that okay? (laughs) You better call Becky with the good plans. Okay. That's awesome. You know, because it's hard to be a Becky these days. So if I could be Becky with the good plans, I'm I'm happy. When you start off complimenting us at the beginning of the interview, you're going to get a good nickname like that, everybody. So Becky with the good plans, (laughs) tell us about yourself. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, um... You know, I are both of you Richardson grads? Mm-hmm. Don't hold it against me. Oh, right on. So I'm an attorney just like you guys. Um, I graduated in 2006 from Richardson. Um, since then, I, I graduated a bit older. Um, like I took eight years between undergrad and law school. I, I graduated from Cornell University in 1995 with a bachelor's degree in social work. Um, and then the eight years after that, I just kind of, well, Ryan knows this. I, I was really serious about ultimate Frisbee. And so my objective when I was 21 and graduated from college was just to go find a, a club team that I was like adequate enough to make that Mm -hmm. would make it to the national championships. So that was New York to me. So I went to New York and I didn't really have a, a career plan. I, at that point in my life, I was just like, All right, I just want to, I just want to play Frisbee and figure things out. Um, yeah, you know, I, I could tell you more about my, my undergrad story, but for eight years, I was um, just kind of exploring different careers. Um, I, I worked in publishing for a year or so. I worked at a children's science museum for a bit. Um, and then I, I went to work at a Wall Street law firm as a paralegal Ooh. or a legal assistant. Um, so it was like I was in the thick of the Wall Street action during the dot-com bubble. Um and so I got, you know, I got a good working knowledge of Wall Street stuff and, you know, working in a big firm. Um, but mostly I was just like interested in law because I, I did an uh, internship when I was an undergrad, part of my MS. Well, it was a bachelor's in social work program. And I did this internship at a county level, something akin to the human rights civil, uh, the Hawaii Civil Rights commission here mm-hmm. um where they you know it's kind of like a municipal level eeoc mm. so i i did that work and that was like my first sort of legal work and i was like oh i'm digging this this is i, I this this feels good so 
Um, I always had that in the back of my head for a while. Like maybe I'll go to law school. So, you know, when I went to New York and I was like trying, you know, I, was, you know, I worked in a museum and publishing, then I was like, you know, what? I really want to look into the law thing. And so I, I had a friend that was working at this big law firm. And so I did that for like a year and a half. And then I was like, okay, but I'm still young and I got wanderlust. So I'm going to go do this thing in Japan for a couple of years. So I went to Japan and taught English with the JET program. I know it's pretty popular with a lot of people. Um, so I, I taught in a small prefecture called Kagawa, Kagawa Ken on the island of Shikoku. Very Inaka, as they say, um, in the countryside yes. and taught english to really smart high school students i had such a great time loved teaching so if they, at were, that those, point, if they like, were so smart why'd they need you to teach it to them well they no okay okay this is good i, I can i can expand on this because no there's um, no need there's, no please well, expand no, no, expand no. expand away no because my job there sorry to interrupt we talked about not interrupting each other but my, <laughs> my job there <laughs> like now i'm going to change the rules on you like how <laughs> gut and replace um, gut and replace yep. <laughs> exactly um but my job there i i can describe myself as the english speaking clown like what my purpose was, was to be like really boisterous and chat with the students and just like make it feel safe for them to be conversant in English. And so they weren't so fearful of making mistakes, oh, you know. I feel like a real asshole now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like those poor Japanese school children, Ryan, were afraid to express themselves. Oh, they're so smart. <laughs> well, yeah. oh, I didn't mean it for what it's, that is for very, what it's worth, folks. That is a very kawaii story. No, no, it's it's they they were they were really smart. I was in like a kind of like a charter school for um, really bright students that wanted to focus on English, actually. So I didn't have to work really hard. Um, I just had to be like high energy. So it was it was a great experience, but um, but it was it was a little tiring because it's like you have the same conversation over again. You know, it's like what's your favorite sure. movie? What do you have for breakfast? Oh, so you're ready and, for the legislature? You know, <laughs> you, know uh, you don't have to work too hard, and it's the same conversation every year. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, so I I came home like shortly after, and you know, it, re-entry like culture shock mm. re-entry was really weird because. You know, when you live in a place where you don't really speak the language, it's just easy to, like, withdraw in your own world and you just tune everything out. And then coming back into America and it's like, oh, my God, I can hear every conversation and understand what's going on. It was just a little bit stimulus overload. Um, You know, I I recommend people spend a couple times living abroad just to broaden your um, perspective on things. So um, I just eventually decided... um, to move to Hawaii and go to law school because I actually had applied to go to UH while I was in Japan and I had a choice of like accepting it or renewing my contract Mm. in Japan for another year and I was like oh I'm not ready I still got lots of traveling to do so I and they didn't have a deferral option so I was like okay I'll just apply another year and um and then after a year of being back home in New York then I then I did apply and then moved out um, to Hawaii in 2002 and I was like oh this place this is this place is like I'm all about it and then I started at the law school in the fall of 2003 and graduated in 06. Okay so so you're you're kicking butt as a lawyer and then you know you presumably at some point you start getting involved with politics. Yeah it was the 2016 election. Uh, um, what happened? 
that's that's how it happened. Um, I don't recall. And, huh, right? <laughs> then I was working at the Capitol, and I caught the bug. I was like, wow. I was like, oh, I get to, like, read and research and, you know, explore this legislative intent and do bill analysis and draft and like I was becoming friends with all the drafting agencies, LRB and HMSO and stuff. And I was just like, okay, now how do I draft it like this? Um, like to me, it was such an awesome job because I was like doing the sort of cerebral drafting, writing stuff, thinky, thinky stuff. But then I was able to talk to stakeholders mm. and, you know, like here, like, okay, what's going on with this proposal? Why don't you like it? How does how can we achieve the ends that this other group wants through this legislation, but not mess things up for you? And, you know, after being there for a while, and I've been there for four legislative sessions and actually in an interim as well. Um, like I, I just had start, started to see like different ways about going things. And I was like, oh, well, we can borrow from this bill that we passed out of committee last session to kind of do the same thing. You know, so so it was like I, I had learned tricks of a trade and I was solving problems, um, I, you know, from like things that I, I, I learned, you know, from from practicing it. And so it, it was and, and one of the, the best my greatest professional experience and achievement. Um, and I don't intend it to, for it to be the only one because I intend to get in that square building and do more. Um, but, uh, was working on foreclosure reform Mm, and overhauling chapter, I believe it's chapter six, six, seven after 10 years. I still remember. I think it is six, six, seven. Yeah. So, you know, we had this non-judicial foreclosure process that people were losing their homes within three and a half weeks and they owned, you know, their house, free and clear but the mortgage service everything was all messed up you wait, remember all that wait becky are you telling me that our laws are written shamelessly in favor of for-profit capitalist corporations <laughs> and not to protect ordinary folks sure oh my gosh right. i can we can talk for a while <laughs> not even just about like you know the bank of america's and you know countrywide and all the rest of it but it was really hard you know just like trying to get some sort of legislation that wasn't going to be opposed by the local banks. It was really hard, but we did it. So boring foreclosure stuff, but that, you know, to me, it's all relevant, relevant experience. Listeners, listeners, please do not discount this listeners. This is relevant experience. She is on the job. She knows how to find the books. You know, you know, this is actually a good metaphor because she said boring foreclosure stuff. And, if legislation is done right, it is boring. I want my legislator be, to be want... this geeked out about boring stuff. Yes. Do you know how? Do you know how much like s- better it is to have this than like Matt Gates uh, or like Jim yeah. Jordan? Yeah. Anyway, or any of the. I mean, there are jokers at the at this Capitol Boy, Square building. Like... Yeah, like dude, people like retired in place oh, for the past absolutely. twenty years who have done nothing. But like Becky Gardner getting fucked. Excuse me, pardon my language. Becky Gardner yeah. getting <laughs> fired up about Chapter Six Six Seven actually Torch like right now invigorates me a little yeah. bit. Oh, that yeah. Came out wrong. That I, came out I, I think like, wrong. people used to say, like, oh, we hope you come back next session because it's, you know, CPC work is so technical and it's boring. And I was like, oh, okay, technical and boring well, I... is my middle name. 
I gotta love it. That's um, why. That's what makes you Becky with the good plans. Becky with the good plans. With the good plans. Yeah. But you did ask me about what made me. Political. Yeah. So, so what inspired you to to you know to you know obviously jump. From... You cannot be, cannot be like behind the scenes is no longer getting it done apparently right like uh, uh, you have to put yourself yeah. out there you know as Teddy Roosevelt said you know not to quote the chauvinist imperialist but uh, you got you got to enter the arena right. Yeah. Oh, Welcome to the Thunder told me that story yeah. too about entering the arena and just being all blood and gut and whatever is better than sitting on the sidelines. I, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, Except not well, now. Now we would want you to mask up and wash your hands. And, and yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. So, um, no, it, it was like, like I said, I've always been wonky and, you know, I, I really enjoy sort of watching national politics. But then after the 2016 election, I was like, oh my God, what is happening to our our system, our democracy? It, like it was it was a nightmare. And um, I, you know, and it, it's really interesting because earlier I was talking about 9/11. Um, I had that same feeling, you know, election night in 2016 as I did when 9/11 happened, like this this dread of like the world's coming to an end. And, um, I, you know, it was just like, what can I do with this? How, what can I do? And I know so many of us felt that way. Like I have to do something, but what, you know, and just having all this angst and all this like pent up, like, like desperation, I, you know, and we saw it in all those protests, right? Like the, the women's protests in 2017, that's when I was like, I have to do something with this. I got to do something. And then I saw this thing about the Kuleana Academy and I was like, what's this thing? And I, you know, and I was, I was not, I wasn't being um, valued and utilized in my regular job. And that was really frustrating to me too. And, sure. and so like, I, like I didn't have anywhere to put my, my energy and, and my frustration. And, you know, so I, I signed up, I applied for this Cleon Academy, like, okay, this, this will give me some sort of professional efficacy that I'm, I'm hungry for right now. Yeah. Cleon Academy. Shout out friend of the show, Ariel Castillo. Yes. Yep. So, and all these amazing people that have been involved in it. Although I, I have heard that uh, there is a directive that no one from the Cleon Academy is allowed <laughs> at the Capitol from oh, powers really? that be. And I'm like, well, why? Don't oh, because they're, they're too much, because they're too much of a danger to the establishment, right? The status quo, like the less people are paying attention, the better. I, yeah, what a shame. Yeah, typical. Because <laughs> it's typical, like I typical, got something. Is, I got something to give. Like you don't want me there. Like so, you're you're so, a policy wonk and also a political huh. outsider. Yeah, no, they'd rather talk to their lobbyist friends. Well, you know, I'll talk to lobby friends too. Like I'll talk to everybody. So I, you can, know, that's can, really just whatever. Um, you know, like you know, fill my ear up, and I'll I'll do my analysis, and I'll I'll do my you know, like I want to hear all of it. Um, so. So who, who are you to say that I shouldn't be there? Anyways, oh, yeah. um, and so that's when I started to get more invested and pay more attention to local issues. And, uh, you know, not that I, I was a stranger to it, you know, especially after working at the Capitol for as long as I did. But, um, but you know, then like some I made great friends and then people are like, hey, why don't you go run for the state central committee to represent the Senate district? You know, and like, well, how about would you be interested in that? You know, and I was just like, sure, sounds good. And then like things started to steamroll. And it's like, I wish you'd run for office. And I'm like, really? <laughs> because 
that's secretly what I want to do. And I just yeah. like didn't even want to tell people about it because it's like, but that's, that's not my place. You know, I don't have one of those household names here. I'm not part of a legacy. I'm not, you know, connected. My I'm dad's just, not like, a hotshot lawyer who can just like bankroll my entire campaign or a real estate <laughs> developer. Yeah. Plus, you know, well, you know, Becky, as I'm sure you're aware in, uh, in, in Donald Trump's America, women are not allowed to have ambitions. Uh, that was your first that was your big transgression i think yeah yep and well and my race is really pretty telling i think um where i'm the only female in my yep. primary mm. and you know and initially it looked like we're four guys and me running yeah. and uh, you know why why am i running like i actually it's a huge leap of faith and it took like a lot of people to like tell me that it was okay to do this and that they wanted me to do this and I'm like oh my god really because I want to do this too and um and it's just been amazing like these people who are supporting me are such top shelf respectable amazing people and and it's like oh I gotta do this if, if you're backing me I gotta do this so tell us about you know uh starting out you know Entering the entering the fray in, you know, uh, the before times when things seemed like they would be a little more traditional, conventional. Tell us about what it's like to campaign in the time of COVID. <laughs> oh, maybe you can help me out with this. Um, I am. OK, I was very, very reluctant um, with canvassing even before COVID because sure. it's like not my thing. Um I'm not, it's not easy for me to knock on a stranger's door and be like, I'm, hey, I'm your man. When right? When interviewed uh, Beth Fukumoto, she said that before her first, uh, the door, first door she ever knocked on, she sat in her car and cried. And I was like, that, that feels right if I had to just knock on a stranger's door and ask them for something. So uh, I, I have a similar story. Like I, when I ran for neighborhood board and, and I ran for neighborhood board because the Kuliana kind of like, now this is your homework, go run for neighborhood board. And I was like, okay, I'm one who does my homework, even though it wasn't like something that I like felt naturally like, Oh yeah, I'm going to do this. I was just like, I have to do my homework. Um, and so then they're like, Oh, go canvas. And I like my second house in, you know, the, the lady answered the door and she was so warm and so smiley and just like hi you know what can I you know what, what do you need and I was like oh I'm, I'm running for the neighborhood board and then her face went totally sour uh, like politicians exactly. here they are nothing and, good oh yeah. you can't sell me girl scout cookies or something like you don't have, you don't have good ones? I needed a backup I needed a backup <laughs> and she like basically shut the door on my face and I, I would, went back to my car and cried I, I would like, rather you come Ask me if I've accepted Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah. you know, so you were reluctant to canvas before. Yeah. Are you still yeah. canvassing now? Um, well, no, since since COVID started, um, when I got my kids at home, so it's just really hard. And I have been really cautious because... Smart. In February, I actually got pretty sick. A lot of people were sick in really weird ways. Yeah. And I had some weird thing that was really hard to shake. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, I wonder if I came down with it because, uh, you know, it, it sort of matches a lot of the symptoms that I, you know, you hear about people having. Oh, yeah, sure. And then, you know, when I was feeling better, I went back out to Canvas and, you know, just because, like, got to get back to it, got to get back to it. And then when, you know, it became clear that, like, COVID's amongst us, then I was yeah. just like, oh, my God, I was going door to door and I could have been carrying this. And I, I felt awful like i felt really selfish and really like self-serving because you know that's what you do to win an election you got to knock on doors got to knock on doors and so i was doing that and even though i like wasn't feeling like top you know and fully recovered i was just like i gotta push you know because this is what you gotta do as a politician um and then you know then i i ended up feeling like oh maybe that was the wrong call and if i had known that i passed this on to anybody i wouldn't be able to live with myself so like now i'm kind of living with this idea of like huh i don't like now i know better and i don't want to go back but i also have a lot of people advising me like oh there's safe ways that you can do it you know and you step back and and all my competitors are doing it so i'm kind of crippling myself because i'm not so I'm having a real philosophical issue with this. Maybe you guys can help me. What do you guys think? Well, we see you sign waving all the time. The sign waving game is very strong, and I think oh, as it's far fun. as dude, I oh I do see I see you sign waving a lot, and I always haunt. Also, same. Um, I see one of your competitors like every day sign waving, and I'm like this this guy doesn't have a job. He just sign waves all day long, and I'm not gonna <laughs> say who it is. Uh, but uh, you yeah. are obviously a woman of the people in the way that this gentleman is not. And I think uh, with respect to, you know, should I, shouldn't I, should I, shouldn't I, everybody's telling me this, that, this, that, this, that. Um, Honestly, like, life is short and politics are tough. You got to be true to your heart. If you ultimately are not comfortable knocking doors and you don't think people will be comfortable answering their doors, that's probably going to come through in your interaction. And mm. you may only, you may only, as somebody who would be extremely neurotic about it, like once I got into my own head about that, like That's wise, dude, I wouldn't, I wouldn't sweat it. Like, or maybe if maybe like a, a good halfway thing, you could like leaflet, you could like leave leaflets on people's knobs or excuse me, doorknobs that came out wrong. You could throw little <laughs> pebbles at their windows yes. and then whenever they like at night and then whenever they come to the window, you like say something that's like charming and loving. The light, Wait, the yeah, yeah, no, that's the image I was with John Cusack. Yes. I am yeah. <laughs> like, I'm gonna get my boom box yeah. above my head. <laughs> Say anything. Okay. Becky Gardner 2020. So <laughs> uh we've just solved that problem. Yeah. What is the first okay. problem if you were elected that you were looking forward to solving yeah. at Hoy? State What's top Capital? of the agenda? What is top of Becky Gardner's agenda? Oh, top right now. I mean, it's just recovery. And stabilizing sure. ourselves, and, and but doing it not like not not status quo from where we were, but like you know our structure. I mean, it was so brittle, like 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 coral, like the, our working class. Like we were holding up this this facade of a system, yeah. and then this By our COVID came. Yeah, by our fingertips. And it was so brittle and so fragile. And, you know, as soon as the weight of COVID came top, like, it just crumbled. Like, the bottom fell out for so many people. And we know better. And in a way, it's it's really kind of helpful the way COVID operates, the way this disease operates, you know, this is, this virus. It's, it's like, it's, it's a little bit slow motion. So, mm. like, 
we can adjust and it's like massive adjustments, like massive yeah. movements, right? Like moving yeah. a blimp or something or oh, yeah. a cruise liner, but, but it's happening slow enough that we can, but, but it's still too slow where it's like really tempting to go back to where things right. were. And the and, one, the one useful thing is that COVID has sort of illuminated all of our shortcomings, particularly in terms yeah. of institutional establishment. You know, you you use the phrase status quo, and that's a lot of what it is. The status quo is working yeah. for the people making the decisions. You know, uh, the director of uh, business, economic, and development can say, we have to go back to tourism. Tourism is who we are because, you know, it's been working really well for him and his friends and everybody he went to high school with. And you know what I mean? But And everyone who's got property and, yeah. and who's got, yeah. What are you talking yeah. about? My beach house says tourism is great. <laughs> right. You know, and I don't want to knock it, you know, for like I have a lot of friends that, that work in restaurants or musicians or entertainment, you know, and, and, and their bread and butter is in the tourism industry. But like I don't. It's not that I'm, I think you guys shouldn't have a job. It's just like, we gotta, we gotta redefine how we're going to operate. You know, we, mm -hmm. we can have tourism, but like, let's only bring in like top shelf tourists, you know, the ones that respect our place. Maybe, mm. uh, you know, I would love to see, I've been to Palau and, you know, and they, they like require you to sign this declaration that you're going to protect the environment there. And I was like, you know, I want people to come to Hawaii to have that same sort of respect. Like, you're going to come here, you're going to exploit, you know, what we've got. Like, then, you know, pay a green fee, pay a visitor fee, sign this contract to say you're not going to mess things up. Like, honor what we've got going on here. Because, you know, especially with COVID, you know, like, we worked so hard to keep this um, virus from overtaking us. Um do something so we can continue that so we can be a safe place if you want to go visit um but but i want us and you know, i said this in another forum like i, I kind of want to you know be in this position where we can pull up our drawbridges if we need to yeah. and we'll be just fine like we've got our little pockets of like energy generation and food cultivation the food security and you know we can have you, you know like let's have thriving businesses you know we can we have we can have the digital nomads here that are running everything across the world but they're doing it from their lanai um you know we we can set things up so there's great financial um opportunity and abundance here it, it's not diametrically opposed to making sure that the least of us have shelter and health care mm. um you know like all of these can happen at the same time. I mean, yeah. I, I traveled uh, quite a bit through Scandinavia. And, uh, you know, it's like, gosh, they, they got it all here. Everyone's comfortable. It's amazing if you actually invest you, in your citizens instead of trying to profit off of them. Exactly. You know, in education, like you can yeah. go get, study whatever you want to study. Yeah. And, you know, and, and do something with it and, and give back. We'll take care of you. We'll take care of that education. You need some time off to have a baby. Great. If you're a man, even better. We'll, we'll require you to go take some time off. Like one of those Scandinavian countries require the dads to take oh, yeah. time off. So it's, uh, you know, there's a lot that can be done in policy. Uh, you know, don't get me started in New Zealand. <laughs> oh, God. 
well, they don't want us anymore. It's it's okay. They've closed their borders. Um, what do you <laughs> see? What, I mean. what do you see as the biggest issue facing our district specifically? You know, Kamuki nine six eight one six, all the valleys. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that the demographics of District twenty sort of represent the demographics of the state as a whole. Like we've got a slice of everybody here. You know, we got we got like wealthy up in the hills. You know, we got you know a lot of um, researchers. You know, academics. We've got working class. We've got public housing. We've got Micronesian population. We've got uh, you know generations that've been here. You know, for three or four generations. Like we could pretty much have it all. Um, and so, I would like to make sure that there's everyone had there's economic viability for everybody here and um and we can mix it in and mix it up and you know just feel like a really good tight community you know i, I look at this district and it also it, it you know has this feel of like a ahuqua'a system too you know we got the two mm, yeah. two um hills and a valley you know we just don't have the access to the ocean but um you know so so i would just want to make sure that everyone is okay here in this district you know there's there's people who are worried about the rising property taxes too who can't afford it you know been in their homes for several generations so i know that you know that's something that needs to be addressed as well so there's there's different concerns at every level of the socioeconomic um spectrum um and figuring out how it's going to work for everybody without you know one group feeling like they're being shortchanged or not um I guess so. So that's a district. I'm saying this as a district level, just because you know it's representative of the state. But if if you want something more specific, I'm like really concerned about the Earth movement in the Waimao Road sure. area. Yeah, that's really troubling because uh, you know I'm watching. I, I go to these neighborhood board meetings, Lolo, and there's like you know women who are very pregnant and they can't walk up their driveway and they're. Um, carports are buckling under, you know, Jeez. the silts moving. And, uh, you know, how scary. And they only, you know, I was actually just talking to a friend of mine who, um, they're, you know, they're looking for houses to buy. And they're like, what do you know about the property over in Waimau area? And I was like, oh, <laughs> let me tell you what I've learned about that area. I mean, it used to be a quarry. And, yeah. um, you know, it's all blasted dust that these wow. houses are built on. It's just Jeez. a matter of time. Oh God. So that worries me a lot. Josh, we should do a lightning round. Lightning round. Oh shit. All right. <laughs> That's the best answer. <laughs> I'm gonna make that oh, shit. Dude, I'm gonna make that a tag for our lightning rounds. I'm gonna come <laughs> up with a thunder effect and it's just gonna be like thunder. <laughs> oh shit. Okay. Okay. Becky Gardner. You are in the lightning round. Uh, First question. Favorite Kamuki restaurant? Oh, Leahi Health. Oh, yeah. It's not like right. a sit-down place, but like yeah, right I go there more than yeah. uh, Gut and replace. Uh. I'd rather not see it, but I've seen it used for good. Are you for okay. or against it? I'm, I'm against it, ultimately. Lightning round question answer. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. Rail. Let's make it work. Hell yeah. 
Favorite place to eat ice cream, get ice cream from in, in Kaimuki. There's only one. I'm sorry. It's via gelato. <laughs> I was just thinking about their food because I haven't eaten uh, dinner yet. Oh, uh, you know, Melissa Ballaby, she's the owner of Via Gelato. And I'm oh, sorry, we're in light news. But, um, but she's now the president of Kamaki Business Professional Association. So uh, I've just become like newly acquainted with her. So she'll be really happy to hear that. Um, okay. But I would, I have to honestly say stir, which isn't really ice cream. It's frozen yogurt. But oh, she knows. She's an insider, folks. She knows yep. District 20. Okay. Yep. So because of my, my daughters, that, that's, that's where we go. That's our go-to place. Okay. Highest a level of achievement in ultimate frisbee reached oh i think i talked to you about this ryan um i went to the national championships in um alabama yeah the alabama yeah the, the you had that statue there the tin guy <laughs> they've got a lot of statues oh well no no you you're you went to birmingham huh oh birmingham yep, yeah yeah so yep. you went to that's the vulcan statue dude it's like a yes. it's like a 75 foot tall statue of this of the Vulcan, like from like Roman mythology, because Birmingham was a steel city, and then that Vulcan—he's got a donk though. He is that yeah, that's big old the funny thing about it. <laughs> Them cheeks will clap. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> oh, Vulcan got that cake. <laughs> Vulcan we got that cake, son. <laughs> Dogs or cats? Dogs. Yeah. Sorry, I just like I had a great dog day today. I, oh, okay. I, yeah, just, I just like, visited my friend who has a <laughs> golden doodle, and then I put up a banner in Palolo. You may see it on 10th Avenue, new banner, and um, I did see that. German Shepherd like <laughs> bounced on top of me, and I was like, <gasps> I grew up in Great Dane, so I'm, I'm into big dogs. So yeah. meanwhile, uh, I had to take off work on Wednesday because my cat was pissing blood. <laughs> oh, oh no, I'm not anti-cat, but. I'm very yeah, no, you so you said what you said what you said. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> How about I feel this? bad for your cat, though. If if you could have any superpower, what would it be? Oh, um, multiply myself. Why? So I can get more done. That's uh, see, folks. That's the kind of answer you want out of a politician. She's never gonna stop working for you. <laughs> Uh, so one of us could like watch my yeah. kids and then I can do my other work. Ugh. Ooh, favorite yeah. and least favorite thing about attending Cornell University. Oh, the gorgeous. Um, summers in Ithaca. I don't know if you guys have been, but I've the not. geology of Ithaca is very interesting. Um, oh, that's the most Cornell thing you've ever said. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot of, um, Big red. a lot of waterfalls everywhere. Wow, really pretty. Yeah. Okay, She's so like, that was that, the no, good thing. And the, the bad thing? She was like, that's my least favorite. I hate geology. <laughs> <laughs> geology sucks. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, well, the, the least I would say was um, it was really dark. So, like, oh, up, 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 aspect. state New York. Sorry? Up, 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 upstate New York, right? That's That'll yeah. do it. Yeah, yeah, and and when I, you know we were kind of nestled at the base of Cayuga Lake, and just like with the lake, the glacial lake, there's you know the the clouds that just sit on top of the lakes, and it was just always sort of dark and morbid. So the winters were really long and really dark, and big reason why I live in Hawaii is because um, I just like warm weather and sunshine, being outside. Uh, Becky, uh, 
it's four years from now. Uh-huh. Uh, you've had, you've just wrapped up your second term. Oh, wow. What does a success over the last four years look like? What is, what is, what is, what would you look back on and say, oh, that's a success? What do you want to see happen in Hawaii that you think is not, you know, that you think is realistic? Um, okay. Well, realistic. Okay. This, you know, and I, I said this in my civil beat Q and a too, uh, you know, like they asked for like a novel idea. It's not even that novel. It's just, you know, it's, it's, it's a matter of perspective, I think, and values, but just like New Zealand has instituted um, a well-being index and they're measuring a lot of their policies against this well-being um uh, stand these well-being standards and and we see this in Bhutan we've seen um some movement like this in the UK uh where we're not measuring our policies and you know a lot of our economic growth on GDP and, and abstract um principles but we're like how you know what does this policy mean in terms of public health or public education or mental health or family violence or you know economic opportunity like if we can have some sort of measurement that we can use to grade certain policies like okay well how does this you know how does this measure up on the well-being index um and make that like like a standard question that we're asking um you're like, oh, this is low. You know, like maybe this isn't the way to go. It, uh, I would like to see that because I think that more accurately reflects the will of the people. Yeah. And the values like, of the community and not just like, oh, well, the Council of Revenues, you know, say that yeah. we're ahead of the curve. And it's good. You know, I'm like, hey. what does that mean for me? Yeah. Like, everybody I on Bishop Street. Yeah. Everybody on Bishop Street says this is a really good idea. Well, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So, okay. um, yeah. So, yeah. like, That's what good. does it mean for everyday people? And so, we need to have a measurement for that. Um, something concrete. You know, yeah. it's like a little bit too fluffy. And, yeah. and then you after know, that, uh, social credit score, just like China. Like, if anybody's yeah. behaving badly, we'll lock you up. Down. <laughs> nope. Oh, maybe not. Okay. <laughs> so, we already asked you uh, what your favorite restaurant in Kamaki was. So, we're going to skip the usual question. But, uh, this is this is going to be the final question of the evening. Okay. While canvassing, or not canvassing, while sign waving, mm. uh, beautiful District Twenty, you unfortunately uh, fall into Palolo Stream, are washed out to sea, and are subsequently <laughs> shipwrecked on a desert island, mm. or I guess stranded on a desert island because you're not actually you were never actually in a ship. Somehow you just floated there. You just floated all the way to a, to an un- abandoned a deserted island by a yes. shark or <laughs> yes. I found yeah. a door to hang on yes. to. And... and ignore the fact that okay. Palolo Stream at any given time has only like one inch of water. <laughs> uh, and somehow you were also able to bring with you one book, one movie, and one album. What did you bring? Oh, one book, one movie, and one album. Okay. I don't... I, I'm really interested in a lot of theology and I'm figuring out my way. Okay. And um, I think I need to bring a Bible. Oh, I thought you were going to say Dianetics. It's, you know, <laughs> yeah. Like, there's just, I just, Secrets you know, especially if it's going to be like a, um, 
a, a, you know, a Tom Hanks situation in a volleyball sure. or whatever. Like, I, I need something. Oh. I need good stories, and I need to be thinking about different things. Um, so I think that would be yeah. it. Like, um, like I should be like so bored if all I brought was like rifle. should I should I kill my son? Should I come with this book, son? I guess I should. I've read yeah. Well, because I, you know, I try reading it and I'm like, I don't understand this. Like, yeah. this grammar is so confusing. I don't know what this means. So I think it'll keep me really occupied. Yo, you got to get the message version. You ever read the message? Uh-uh. The message is the Bible written in contemporary English. It's a little conversational. Yeah. It's not uh-huh. a... Or uh, even better, even better, the Jesus book, the, the New Testament in Pigeon. Oh, yeah. I've read... Really? Yeah. yeah. Give yeah. to a hey, 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 hey. Give to Caesar what stay Caesar's, <laughs> and give to God what stay God's. Brah. That's legit. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then that would be team, like multi-purpose. Cool. Yeah. Okay, so you're bringing the Bible. All right. What movie? Yeah. Which is normally yeah. the and joke. I know that book. sounds like a really like cheesy answer, but it, it um, does. We are, we are, it does but a, I'm not judging you. This is a this is a okay, God fearing. I'll, I'll tell you what my second God fearing podcast. I, yes. I have a biography of Ruth Bader Ginsburg that um you know that was the, like, that's the liberal Bible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Snowflake. Yeah. So I I mean that that would be my second choice because okay. yeah you know it talks about her her life and, and there's just like you know her her experience litigating some of these cases and stuff is pretty I feel like pretty awesome. I feel like your answers were very honest, but also like it's like when you ask somebody in a job interview like what's your biggest weakness? You're I work like, too hard. I just work too hard. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of a perfectionist. <laughs> I'm really good. I don't mean to be like that. <laughs> you can't help it. You're nope. a wonk. She's qualified. Hey, damn it. Yep. She's qualified and competent. All, All right. right. So, Dexter, your... what movie? My movie. Um, and you know, I got this out Passion of the Christ. in another forum, and so I got to say it again. You know, I'm not going to change my answer. Is yeah. Fight Club. Fight Club. Oh, okay. I love that movie. Yeah. Charles I love Winston that movie. and the Ten Commandments. <laughs> <laughs> So and, and I I've, I've read RBG. some um, reviews of that movie and it's um, very Buddhist actually so that'll be a good balance oh, to the Bible. Nice. Okay, very okay. Nice. And then yeah. uh, what is your album, Enya? Oh, wait, hold on. While you think about that, did you guys know that Enya is like, I, th- I believe the second wealthiest Irish singer after Bono. After Bono, well. Yeah, I think I, specifically after Bond. I believe that. How much do you think Enya's worth? Becky, give me your answer. How much is she worth? Yes. I don't know. Two billion? Two oh. billion? Jesus, Becky. I don't know. You said she's super wealthy. What kind of... De- We're trying to get you to exercise good judgment. You think Enya's worth two billion? <laughs> okay, well... Jay-Z's only worth me. one billion. How much? And One billion? No, Jay-Z is worth one billion. Yeah. Enya is worth... I'm going to guess... Jay-Z's one billion. Okay. See, I have no standard. I don't know. I don't I don't feel follow Well Jay-Z like went this. around he, he went around telling everybody. Okay, oh, Enya, I'm gonna okay. guess Enya so is 175 mil. Enya's net worth as of 2020, according to celebritynetworth.com, is one hundred and forty million dollars. Wow. I would have lost prices, right? I know. You know, I I can't think of what she's saying. Lots of like, <laughs> lots of like amorphous Celtic music. Yeah, like I keep on thinking of. You know that song. 
Yeah. Yeah. But all right, is this the same era as like that forest, that deep forest music? Uh, oh, do you mean it? pure moods? Pure moods. Yeah. Pure, like oh and like the blue oh, that would be like the blue man group. Away, sail away. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I even I used to just, they used to come on the commercial. those infomercials. Yeah, they came on, on like Cartoon Network all night. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, those for, were the jam. For me, it was right before Bugs Bunny started, and my grandma would make me go to bed. <laughs> but yeah, it was yeah. always Pure Moods. <laughs> nice. Okay, so is the album Pure Moods? No shit. There, you got me like <laughs> off focus. Um, I, you know, I'm thinking about what I listened to in middle school, and Ooh, I'm thinking yeah. about you two Joshua Tree. Okay. Okay. I saw a study. That's the number one yeah. richest Irish musician. Yeah. Story. A study that, said that. Yeah, you did. Um, yeah. As long as you live, like the music you enjoyed between like ages 12 and 15 will forever be the most emotionally impactful just because that's the way your brain and the hormones have just like synced it up. I've heard that as well. But I, I've heard something like that too. Wait, go ahead, Brian. Well, I was going to say, the, I think the music for me, it's like 17 to 19. That's where I can't leave. I listened to a lot of bad music in middle school. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah, same. <laughs> Absolutely hard same. Yeah. So, okay, do you guys um, do you guys know who Dave Asprey is? Dave Asprey? No, I no. can't say that. Uh, so he's like a, um, you know, things don't work in politics for me. I'm thinking about doing um, sort of uh, body hacking. <laughs> um, okay. So he does a lot of body hacking, right? He like, does all these like crazy experiments. I mean, like, I, I'm not talking about doing that, for, but I'm like fascinated what <laughs> he's doing. Like he does a lot of like, he does like these with- podcasts and research about like, things that you can eat and do, huh. you know, that like optimize your physical oh, and okay. mental performance. Okay. And, so, so like part um, mindfulness, part nutrition, part like part like meditation, yeah. you know, like all oh, okay. funky. So he Dave, Dave Asprey, he's the one who kind of started that bulletproof coffee thing. Oh yeah. Um so and then he sits in these weird pods and you know, so I, I think it's like I wouldn't go as far as he does any of that stuff, but I'm just like really fascinated with what he's learned. And I, I listened to this one podcast. He uh, and he talks to this um researcher neurobiologist, I don't know. So he's got like three PhDs. And one of the studies they talked about is that for people to avoid when they get older to avoid dementia and Alzheimer's the best way to um you know stimulate them and you know to help them like regain some of their earlier faculties is to um recreate their lives between like age 15 to 25 like around that age and they did this research where they like recreate they took these you know older folks and and they put them on like a you know lake island or something like that and they recreated this island with like the old newspapers and the old radio and the music and you know just created this like museum you know recreating what life is like when they were in their teens and they just found that they were able to like get a lot of their memories back it's like it's like westworld for old people yeah yeah something like that so right. I, didn't, I didn't really need to tell you all about Dave Asprey to tell you that story. No. But um, do we get the album out of that, though? There's <laughs> <laughs> Joshua Tree. Joshua Tree, right. Oh, Duh, yeah, hello, wait, wait, yeah. wait. But you said, <laughs> did you have another one? Yeah, no, I, I'm sorry. I, that didn't sound like the determined. Like, that didn't sound How like did we get to Joshua answer. Tree, from Joshua Tree to this? And we were talking about the music that you guys listened to in the middle yes. school. Oh, that's right. That's how it's like the most memory provoking. Got it. Okay. Yeah. 
kind right. of like smells, right? Here we oh, go. Oh, yeah. Sense member. Here we go. Fuck Mary Kill, <laughs> Jackson Zayama, Derek Turbin, Jay Shibashi. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Hi. The line just goes dead. Hello, Becky. Hello, <laughs> no. Becky. Give the give the voters the bite size. Yeah, the bite size version. Why should they vote for you? And where can they go to learn more information, get involved, help out, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, bite size version. Um, you know, basically, I have experience. I have a vision, and I have heart. I am the most representative, I believe, of this community, especially since there's been no representation by a female from this district, at least in the last 44 years, probably before that. Um, there's only 28% representation of women in the legislature. And, um, you know, I've worked in all three branches of, of state government, so I know my way around this machine. And especially with my, my work now in the executive branch, like I actually work with pretty much every department. So. I, I have some instincts and some um, insights on the inner workings of government. And I'm also on the neighborhood board here in Kaimuki. So like I, I've got a big full picture and, and I also have um, some lived experience that I feel like I can really represent the community and, you know, the broad interests that are here. Um, so where you can learn about me, um, take a look at www.beckygardnerhawaii.com. I'm also on Facebook and there's Twitter and there's Instagram, all that. Actually, my social media game is on point. I've got a lot of great pictures um, from sign wavings, um, from people who are supporting me, um, some of my policy points on different matters. Um, so you can learn a lot about me and I also have like maybe seven or eight now, um, online forums, uh, I got to put on the website, so I'll work on that. Um, but yeah, please, please learn about me and please learn about the other candidates too and do your homework. When they um, suck. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that wasn't, no, uh, her, our words, not hers. <laughs> no, but do your homework because it's important. That's another huge reason why I'm running is like. We need people who are paying attention because if they're not, then we're going to get the wrong people elected and they're just going to skate on through because it's like, oh, well, you know, no one's going to call me on this or no one's going to be holding me accountable. And, you know, it, so we need everyone to be paying attention. That's how we're going to get the best leadership. Uh, <sighs> Becky Gardner, thank you so much for your time. Uh, best of luck on the rest of your campaign. Becky, Becky, Becky Yay, with the good thanks. plans. Make sure you stick your head out the window when I see, when you drive by when I'm sign waving. That I sounds profoundly Josh. unsafe. But yes, I will. I'll be, I will do that. Ladies and gentlemen, good. Becky with the good plans. Yep. Becky Gardner. Every social 20. media. BeckyGardner.com. BeckyGardner.org. BeckyGardner.gov. BeckyGardner.co.uk. TV. <laughs> www.beckygardnerhawaii.com. That's Even better. Me. Even better. Yep. Thanks, right. Becky. Yeah. Thanks so much. Take care. Awesome, you guys. I had a great time. Thank All you right. so much. Bye-bye. Talk to you soon. Hawaii. 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 Hawaii.